0: figures since May of 2014 and it is mainly due to higher food and fuel prices. Producer prices rose 6.9% year-on-year in January and that's the most since August 2011. Higher consumer and producer prices in China and many other countries have sparked talk of rising interest rates this year. For a brief look at the stock markets, the JSE closed mostly higher yesterday, the Ultra Index rising half a percent to 52,956. Financials gained 0.9% and the Industrial's 20- index ended flat. Top 10 resources rose by 0.8%. The platinum mining index increased by 2% and the gold mining index was 0.3% up. On the capital market, the yield on the R186 government bond closed at 8.73%. European markets were high at the close of trade as mining stocks touched a two and a half year high on rising copper prices. Britain's FTSE 100 was 0.3% up. The CAC in France increased by 1.2% and Germany's DAX gained 0.9%. Markets in the United States closed at record highs for a third consecutive session, and that was mainly on higher financial share prices. The Dow Jones gained 0.7%. Asian stock markets, they're trading mostly flat at this hour. Japan's Nikkei, 0.7% lower. Hong Kong's Hang Seng is flat. Mainland China's Shanghai Composite Index has declined by 0.2%. Australia's ASXO Ordinary Share Index and the Sensex on India's Bombay Stock Exchange, they both flat at this hour. Looking at commodities, gold is trading at 1%. $1,228. $1,228. Platinums at $998 per ounce. The price of Brent crude oil, $55.75 a barrel. And we join joined now by Mahmoudi Linswane, who's Group CEO at Lahumo Investments. Good morning, Mahmoudi.
1: Hey, well, good morning, uh, Sakina, and uh, good morning to your listeners.
0: So the Asian markets, they mixed this morning after a strong rally yesterday.
1: Most certainly. I mean, uh, I think it's uh, to be expected to see uh, these type of weaknesses, particularly after a very strong day that we had yesterday. Um, We had massive um, rallies across the the globe, I mean, from the U.S., um, record close there with um, Apple uh, finishing at record as well. I mean, in Europe as well, it was the same thing here at home. JSE also uh, strong performance. We saw some mining counters uh, such as Anglo American, BHP, Billiton all closing uh, closing yesterday uh, strong. Um, so. Today we're seeing a little bit of uh, profit-taking, some weaknesses. Um, That's what we're seeing in Asia. And, of course, I think we're likely to see that uh, kind of negativity or weaknesses uh, filter through to the JSE when we open at 9 o'clock. So uh, we are seeing um, those weaknesses. As I think you've already indicated those indices. Australia, we've seen some weaknesses there. Um we're seeing some weaknesses out in China and also in uh, in, in Japan. Um, you know, the the, the there were a couple of uh economic data that was released this morning from China, the PPI you mentioned it uh, that PPI rising 6.9 percent, uh, you know, uh, year, uh, year on year uh, in January, um, slightly higher than expected. The expectation was for 6.5 percent. I think the reason why we, we've had such a massive jump, um, and also I think on the on the CPI, it's, it's also if you take into account the fact that we had the the lunar uh, or the uh, week long uh, holiday that we had in January, um, also I think um, helping boost that that inflation um, as consumers would have been on on a break and of course on a shopping spree. Um, that number coming in, of course, above expectations. But we also had, I mean, you've got the yuan, which has been uh, on a deep land, depreciating against the U.S. dollar, so putting a little bit of pressure there, especially from the PPI point of view. Um, you've got the mining. When you look at that PPI number and you look at uh, basically what contributes into that, you've got the mining product um, increasing by about 31%. Um, you know, the, the raw material is also up about 12.9%. So, a little bit of pressure does not, um, you know, impact negatively on the on the China economy because we heavily rely on China to uh, to pick up and and really do well as South Africa because that's our trading our biggest trading partner, um, and of course, so we'll be. You know, having to watch that. But I know the authorities have been um, uh, working very hard to try and, 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 and cool down the economy and ensure that they, they try and keep particularly the over-leveraging um, on that economy. Uh, that's the People's Bank of China. They've done some measures yesterday as well to try and cool down um, the inflation, particularly to try and cool down the economy and make sure that it doesn't overheat. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll watch that one quite closely going forward, uh, but quite an interesting one to watch.
0: And then uh, OPEC, uh, they reporting record compliance with those output cuts, Māori, uh, which also, of course, raises uh, 2017 oil demand growth forecasts.
1: Certainly. Remember a couple of months ago when the OPEC members met and um, you know, they were trying to strike a deal, uh, particularly to, uh, to try and, um, and boost prices, uh, cutting production, uh, there were a lot of doubts um, as to whether they will comply with that particular uh, deal, given the history of non-compliance in the past. But uh, according to the figure that they released yesterday, it looks like um, you know all the members... Are coming together and really complying with those um, uh, production outputs that we agreed upon in um, in November, end of November. Um, January production declined by 890,000 barrels per day. Remember they're targeting to cut about uh, 1.2 million uh, uh, barrels a day. So just um, if we do the Mets, it's about 93% um, of, 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 of compliance. So it looks like already they're doing 93% um, of what they, they had targeted to do. And and the, the reason why it's not 100% is because you've got the likes of uh, Nigeria and, and Libya, who are, of course, excluded uh, from the, from the pro- production cuts. They continue to increase um, because, you know, their the, the supply has always been weaker. Um, or, or their production was always weaker than um, than the other members. And, of course, Nigeria and, and, and Libya excluded from the from the cuts. And uh, you also have Iran, uh, which is allowed, of course, to increase production, uh, given the fact that they've just come back um, from a very... Uh, Lengthy sanctions, and and, and of course, so they are allowed to to increase much uh, bigger than uh, uh, much much bigger. Um, So that's why we're not getting exactly 100% of of that 1.2 million barrels that were targeted. But of course, it's still a very high uh, number in terms of compliance. And we'll wait and see what happens um, over the the next couple of months whether they will continue uh, to really be more compliant or if they will um, uh, begin to to come under pressure. Um, So far, the Oil prices have obviously responded quite positively. We've got the oil price trading uh, around $55 a barrel. So that's a quite a nice increase. I mean, about 20% increase from where um, the price was before the agreement was reached. So we'll wait and see exactly what the impact is. Obviously, for South Africa, a bit of a negative, uh, not good for us to see the oil price rising. But, of course, I think uh, it bodes well. They're also upgrading um, you know, the outlook for 2017, uh, partly because the demand, the global demand for oil is also increasing. And that's not necessarily a negative thing. When we have the global demand for oil increasing, it means the economies are recovering. It means, you know, we are beginning to recover and move out of that long uh, heat recession that we've encountered for the past couple of years.